and we are ready to go. All right, so we start with uh, any prayer this evening? Yes. It's, it's just something weird about hearing your own voice through. It, it almost makes you want to stop talking. <laughs> Anybody else? Pretty young lady over here in the brown. Somebody else celebrating a birthday Friday. Sister Mary? That will unsettle you. All right. I'm probably going to need that. Let us pray. Our Father and our God in heaven, we thank you, Father, for this day. And Father, we are grateful for the blessings in life that you continue to send down. And Father, we are grateful for the privilege that it's ours to be gathered here this evening. Uh, to speak together from your word, Father, that you would bless our time together, that it might serve the purpose of drawing us closer uh, to one another, but above all, closer to you, that it would help us, Father, to better serve you in the living of these days. And Father, we come bearing uh, the requests that have been made known here this evening. And Father, we pray for Sister June, just that you would bless her in the matter of her insurance and the test that she needs. And Father, may that be uh, worked out according to your will. Uh, we pray, Father, for uh, Sister Zane, who was in an accident. Thankful, Father, that uh, she is well, uh, physically speaking, and just asking, Father, that you would uh, continue to be with her through uh, throughout the rest of that process. 
We pray for uh, uh, the Bible Bowl this Saturday and ask, oh God, that you would bless that effort and bless all of those who are working with it, uh, that you would bless our young people, that it would uh, be uh, a great learning experience for them and uh, that it would be a great bonding experience and that it would be uh, one of the things that builds ties that uh, keeps them, Father, uh, close to the church. Father, we uh, pray for Sister Mary and just thankful that you have been uh, bringing her through with her uh, issues with the asthma. Just ask that you continue to be with her, uh, continue to bless her. Father, we pray uh, and thank you as well for uh, those that Sister Gloria has made mention of that have uh, come through surgery. And just asking, Father, that you continue to be with all of those with health issues and uh, sickness. And Father, we're always mindful to pray for Ian and for Marty. Uh, just asking, Father, again, that you would, uh, your will would be done. And Father, we pray uh, as well for those who are dealing with the loss of loved ones and family issues. And we pray for uh, Marty and Amy and just ask that you would be with all of those who uh, have uh, burdens weighing on them at this time. Father, we pray uh, and just thank you so much for uh, family and for uh, those that we love and those that love us and Father grateful that KJ saw his sixth birthday and just thankful Father to be able to celebrate milestones with loved ones. Father above all we come thanking you for uh, Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior who suffered and died that through him we might have life and in his name we do pray and ask all things. Amen. So now Brother D showed me a new piece of technology today. Uh, so for the next 13 weeks, Lord, uh, our subject matter will be finishing the fight. That's based off of uh, Paul's words, Timothy and 2 Timothy 4, uh, verses 5 through 8. Uh, now, this is not written in stone. This is ideally how we'll, we'll approach it. We may get a little ahead, a little behind. Uh, but weeks one and two, uh, the good fight. Week three, understanding the nature of the battle, inner struggles. Week four, understanding the nature of the battle, battle outer struggles. Weeks five and six, the relevance of the Bible in this present age. I do have week seven through 13. I just couldn't fit it all on one slide. And I figured, figured rather than put it up there in real little print, when we get to week seven, I'll just have that same slide up there. Uh, with that same information. I didn't know if anybody would want to copy it, so then I'd have to leave this one up there, and then I'd have to leave the next one up there until you finish copying it, and we'd be on week five, and I still would be dealing with uh, week one material. So if you miss anything, uh, I'm going to put it on Joe, because uh, Joe knows how to get all of this stuff uploaded to the website, so I'll make sure that it's forwarded to him, and then after that, if you ask me anything, I'm going to go talk to Joe. All right, so tonight, the good fight, uh, based on 2 Timothy 4, 5 through 8, and a good place to start is always with reading the Bible text. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to ask uh, my brother, Brother Holt, when you get there, if you could read that for us.
Now, one thing I know about 2 Timothy is right after 1 Timothy. I might not know anything else, but if it's 2, it's got to be a first. I mean, no, don't, don't let them, if I said it's before 1 Timothy, I, I misspoke. It's after. Oh. Oh, what's before? Okay, what's before 1 Timothy? Look, then I have to do the, like the alphabet. You do A, B, C, D, and you start running with it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you run them all the way down. Second Timothy 4, uh, 5 through 8. Yeah, so obviously this is based on uh, verse 7. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. Uh, anybody here have any experience fighting? I, yeah, I'm sure we do. Uh, and probably in more than just the good fight, too. Uh, at least two elements are needed for a fight. And I say at least because I, I thought of two. I'm sure there are more. But least gives me latitude. You said that wrong. No, I said at least two. So if there are 15, that's a correct statement. Uh, at least two. And, and I came up with two. But I want to put this out to the floor because you may have come up with some that I did not think of. For a fight, and, and here we're not even, it doesn't necessarily have to be the good fight, any fight. What elements are needed for a fight? Conflict. Conflict? Okay, conflict between two, absolutely. Well, depending on the nature of the fight, you can fight yourself. Now, we probably need to take you down to uh, state hospital and commit you for some care, but... Wait, all the Romans, he against himself. I, yeah, Romans 7, he did, yeah. First uh, Corinthians 9 as well, I buffet my body to bring it into subjection. Yeah, okay, all right. See, that's why you put the question out there. Opposition in any, any others? Need it for a fight. Some aggression. Mm-hmm. One, you need opposition. And I think we said that. You, you, you need somebody to be on the opposite side. Now, if you're fighting the folk on the same side as you are, didn't Jesus say something about that? A house divided against itself cannot stand. Yeah, if you're fighting your own teammates, you're fighting folk on your side, you, you cash it in already. You've already lost. Uh, from the book, 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Uh, and we're going to do some moving around in the book. And the old preacher said, there's nothing wrong with jumping around in the Bible. It's when you jump out that you have a problem. So, so we're going to move around. First, uh, whoever has it, if you could give us a nice, strong reading there.
Yeah. So didn't Peter say we have at uh, opposition there? The devil is our enemy. And, uh, you know, sometimes people try to make that sound like the stuff of fairy tales. Please be very aware. The devil is alive and well and very busy at what he does. And, and he's very good at it. Yes, he is. And he will use anybody in any way uh, if they are willing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Genesis 4 is not in the Bible just to take up space between chapter 3 and chapter 5. Uh, chapter 3, rather, to take a space between chapter 2 and chapter 4. Uh, when we read about, you know, uh, the deception of Eve, that's there for a reason. You don't think the devil still deceives people in our world today? He absolutely does in all kinds of ways. There are people that have been deceived into thinking they are saved. Uh, Jesus made the statement uh, to the apostles that there would come a time that people would persecute them and think they were doing God's service. So he very much alive. You, you don't think that just go out into the world and just pay attention a little bit. Uh, he is alive and well. John 17, uh, 14 through 16. And if you've got a brand new Bible, it can get work out tonight. Okay, so Jesus uh, said we have opposition in the world. They are not us, we are not them. Now, you know, we can remember where did God redeem us from? Yeah, so it doesn't mean we look down on the world, but we need to appreciate there are two sides, you know, saints and ain'ts. You either in Christ or you ain't. Uh, yeah. Now, the other element that uh, I have up here is engagement. It's not really a fight until we engage each other. See, if I just don't like you and we hostile to each other, but we keep our distance, well, there's some tension, but that, that ain't really a fight. Fight means there's some, we were in, in some kind of way we engaged each other. Uh, Ephesians 6, verse 12. And setting some groundwork here, then I got another question coming. Yeah, Paul sounds like we uh, had some engagement in verse 12, right? With who? Yeah, spiritual wickedness in high places. Yeah, yeah, we, we've been, uh, the devil has engaged. And let me say this, if the devil isn't bothering you, what's the problem? He already has you, and he don't take you serious. he mess with you, why? You might straighten up if I fool with you. Yeah, I'll leave you alone. Yeah, if you, you're not doing what you're supposed to do, I'm going to leave you be. Yeah. John 16, verse 33. 
Yeah, now, Jesus states that. He, he, he doesn't offer it as a possibility. He states it as a fact. In the world, you will have opposition. You, you, the world's going to engage you. You don't have to engage them. They're going to engage you. He, and he states that as a fact. Oh, well, I got a question coming. Expect the devil to be busy. And I won't sound like a doomsayer. You know, you go home, oh, good grief. What did I sign on for? Uh, but be confident that God will be greater. Um, and, and we need to be aware of both of those. You know, people look at the world and they're like, what is the world? Why are you surprised? You know, if we just read the Bible and pay attention, what did Paul tell us? Evil men will grow worse and worse. And Paul, he said the world is going in a spiral downwards. So, I mean, where we are now, you know, if God spares the world another 50 years, guess what? It, it, it would have spiraled even down even further. Yeah. Which kind of, you know, ought to be the, all the motivation we need to be about the master's business. What's going to help the spiral downward not be downward? Converting people to Jesus. That's the one thing that will help our world. It doesn't matter who we vote into what office and how long they stay there. God changes people because God can change the heart. See, when we change leaders, the only, only thing that really changes are the rules. You can change the rules, but if you don't change a man's heart, you haven't really changed anything. I think the world just keeps going in the direction it's going. Well, we're on our 45th president now. Why haven't things gotten better? Because we're not addressing the problem. Yeah, the problem is not the rules. The problem is people don't know God. Yeah, you bring people to God, guess what happens? The world gets better. Yeah, so you want the world to be a better place? Be busy winning souls to Jesus. It'll be a better place. Yeah. Why do you think when you come here, it's so much different than what goes on out there? Yeah, because the majority part of people have been converted to Jesus. And even if I'm struggling in my Christian walk, I at least know to act right when I'm around the rest of you. <laughs> yeah, now, when I get back in the car, I may revert to somebody else. But while I'm around y'all, look, I'm going to walk as I should. Yeah, that's why good, time, good to spend uh, time around church people. Yeah, absolutely. So expect the devil to be busy. You know, don't let it surprise you. you know, oh, good grief, the devil is busy. What did Peter tell He's like a roaring lion. You ever seen a roaring lion just sit around and just wait? No, because lions roar for a reason. You know, lions don't roar just to hear themselves roar. Oh, what do I sound like? When a lion roars, there's a reason. And it usually means keep your distance. He's hungry. You know, he's defending his territory. Yeah, that, that, there's usually something that he means business that, that has him making noise. Yeah, but ex uh, be confident that God will be greater. And, and I mean confident to the point where we don't even doubt. Yeah, I, look, God is greater. He's the greatest of all. Whatever happens, man, we can approach it with that done deal mentality. This is a done deal. This is going to work out the way God needs it to. God wants it to. Yeah, it's going to work out that way. Now, it may not be pleasant start to finish, but it's going to work out the way God wants it to. Has to. Why? Because he's God. Yeah. Can't, can't happen any other way. There are many fights that can be fought. What are some fights we can fight? Now, I know the good fight, because even if I don't know what the good fight is, I know Paul said fight the good fight. But what are some fights? And, and that's not a confession. It's not saying you fight these fights. I, I, I know we don't do that, but, but, you know, folk in the world. What are some fights you can fight? 
politics. People fight over politics all the time. Injustice. Injustice. See, we're we trying to be non-personal. I'm sorry? Ooh. The sister said, having a forgiving heart. Now, you want to have a struggle with yourself? Yeah, think about the person that just did you wrong and, mm, Lord have mercy. Yeah. What are some fights we can fight? Come on, don't act like you. You can fight with your family. Amen. Yeah. And let me tell you, if you are a member of the church and you have family members that are not, you will have some engagement and some opposition uh, with the members of your family. Yeah, I know my grandmother, once a year, she would start it. Mother's Day. Everybody come into church with mama but y'all. And nothing changed since last year, mama. <laughs> what else? Now, don't make me call. Brothers, anybody wearing one of these? What, what, what fights? Can, now, it's not a confession. It's not saying you do it. <laughs> They're like, look, you're going to get me beat up when I go home tonight. <laughs> Fight against the carnal mind? Absolutely. Y'all going to make me say it. Nobody want to say it. Your spouse. You can fight your spouse, can't you? Look, and, and look, I, I know we come in and smile, and that means everything is everything. Sometimes spouses have been fighting when they hit the door. And it's a ceasefire till we leave, and then it's back on. Yeah. Sometimes, what's the dead giveaway they've been at it? Well, they usually sit together, and this Sunday they ain't. <laughs> now, that, 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 don't take that to mean they, they absolutely do. Y'all been fighting. <laughs> no, it don't necessarily mean that. And the sister may be sitting somewhere else because she got to ease out and you just don't want to disturb everybody else. Brother Carrie, uh, church fights. Church fights. We, read, we have those in the Bible, don't we? Didn't, didn't they have a meeting in Acts chapter 15 because the church had been fighting? Yeah, look, when you have a church meeting, you know the church been fighting. Yeah, that, that means it's got all, boy, it's off the hook sure enough when you have a church meeting. You know, usually you have a church fight, you know, you, the elders come in and, you know, settle everything, and we go around trying to find out what happened without trying to look nosy. But uh, when, when you have a church meeting, that's been a fight. Brother Mike? I think they call them business meetings. Th that's what they call them. And they mean business too, brother, and not the kind of business you think. Yeah, yeah. They they mean business because you know there's one more than one kind of business. Yeah, the monkey business and a whole lot of others. Yeah, what other fights can we get into? Somebody said work. Yeah, anybody here? You fought your coworkers? Now you know I'm a child of God. I don't fight, but <laughs> hey, you didn't go to work today. <laughs> Yeah, uh, many fights that can be fight. Spouses fight sometimes. They do. And prayerfully, it's not most of the time. Uh, let's see, which one did we intend that? We intended that to be, oh, fights can get physical. You know, because you know there's more than one kind of fight. You don't have to pass licks for it to be a fight, but sometimes it can get physical. Now, when it gets physical... And, and it don't get, won't get physical because we're children of God. But I'm just saying, if we were still in the world, if we were still in the world, a good rule of thumb, if you're going to get physical, yeah, don't get, don't get physical with somebody that's more physical than you. That's, yeah, that's, 
That's a good rule of thumb. You know, go, don't go find the biggest guy and go start something with him. Anybody ever watch, uh, and don't, don't let me go too far afield, but it's, the, the guy, it's, I forget his name, but he's, they call him the Cooking Cajun. Anybody? Justin Wilson. Justin Wilson. That, that, no, Ken. But he told a story one time. You know, the fella lived in the town, and the fella was supposed to be bad. You know, he, he rode a, a nice white horse and uh, came into town one day, tied his horse up, and he came back out, and his horse was green. Somebody had painted his horse green, and he stormed back into the store. Who painted my mare green? This big fella, bigger than him, stood up. He said, I did. What about it? He said, I just want to let you know that first coat is dry. She's ready for another one. <laughs> you can fight at work. And I know we are very mindful of protecting our Christian influence, and we don't get into altercations, especially with, with non-members. Because we'll destroy my ability to, in, to win them uh, to Christ Jesus. This last one. Two kids fighting over a teddy bear. And I have that there because it, I, I want to communicate the idea that fighting, generally speaking, unless we're talking about the good fight, is childish, selfish, and destructive. Why do people fight? Brother Bob, Okay, we backtrack. No, we don't necessarily have to be fighting. You say you can knock me down, but we ain't fighting. <laughs> no, I'm not fighting. Not, not. <laughs> okay, well, Brother Bob, let me read the text again for you. 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. My intent through this was to show that there, is, there can be fighting in different contexts. Fighting is not always a negative word. Much of the time, if not most of the time, it is. But there is one context in which every child of God needs to be a fighter. And that's fighting the good fight of faith. Yeah, every child of God needs to do that. Now, and, and that's not an option. That's a command from the Lord. There you go. So the word has, it, it, it has different contexts. It has different ways it can be used. And we want to be clear about the way we're using it. 
Yeah. Now, I want to be clear about the way I'm using it here. The way I'm using it here, we ought not do. Now, we do, but we ought not. That's right. Uh, I'm sure there have been spouses in here that have disagreed. And uh, Well, we don't fight, we disagree. Well, now, if you stop speaking to each other, or you violate 1 Corinthians 7, that's a fight. Now, you call it what you want to, that's a fight. Yeah, that's absolutely a fight. And if you wonder what 1 Corinthians 7 says, uh, what did Acts 17, 11 say? They search the scriptures. That's right. So if you find 1 Corinthians 7, you read it. Physical fights. Now, everybody don't get into physical fights for, for whatever reason. Uh, you sure don't want to fight your coworkers. And back to this last one about fighting in the negative context being childish. Who do I have to think about to fight? Self. Yeah. You don't ever fight people because you have their best interest at heart. Yeah, you ever just go punch somebody because you had their best interest? Hey, no. You ever say something mean or sarcastic to somebody because you have their best interest at heart? You ever fight fire with fire? You know, they down in the mud and you get deeper because you have their best interest at heart? One of the prerequisites of fighting in the negative context is I have to be acting selfishly. I have to be thinking about me rather than you. And not a case where that will ever be that I was thinking about you and then I fought you in the negative context. It's also destructive. You can destroy your Christian influence. You can destroy a relationship. Uh, you can destroy people sometimes depending on the nature of the fight and how serious it is. Uh, so one of the signs of maturity is to refrain from the negative kind of fighting. Yeah. Uh, doesn't the Lord teach us that? Didn't he say something, uh, Matthew 5, about refraining? Uh, Romans 12, didn't he say something to that effect? Yeah. We ought not do to others because they have done to us. Yeah, if you come say something negative to me, that does not license me. And simply because I'm three times seven don't mean, I, you know, I don't have to take that. I, look, I'm grown. Well, if I'm grown, you know what? Then I ought to know how to deal with when you act like that. I ought not revert to a child and deal with it the way children deal with it. Yeah, that's the way children deal with it. You call a child a name, what does a child do? They call the name back. Yeah, but if I'm grown, guess what I won't do? I won't let you dictate who I am. Yeah, I don't act the way I act because you act in that way. That's what children do. I think I heard uh, Brother Calvin say Sunday, I believe just Sunday just passed, during Bible class, uh, one of the reasons he wanted uh, the name brand clothing, because everybody else had it. Yeah. That's a childish way of thinking. Look, and I've been there. Yeah, I wanted the Calvin Kleins because everybody else was wearing Calvin Klein. Who want to go and wear some no-name stuff? Everybody look, what kind of jeans are they? You know, who want to get in a fight because you're wearing, we call them fish heads. Yeah. But that's the way children think. And what you find is you have some people that are up in years that still have a very childish way of thinking. Yeah, you know, you got it, I want it too. Look, we go get stuff we know we can't afford. You know, people buy new cars just because somebody else got one. Yeah, well, you buying a new car just because they got one and you want to be, that's childish. Yeah, when you let people dictate who you are, that, that's the way children are. 
You know, an adult has the capability to think for, you know, look, I can think for myself. Look, that, that don't fit in my budget. Yeah, I can't afford that. Look, I'm not going to be messing around with you, have myself in debt. You know, die and leave a bunch of bills behind. Look, then everybody come to the funeral, they mad at you. <laughs> uh, Brother Quasi. Mm-hmm. The devil would love us to fight for whatever reason. Somebody feels he has so much money. And so because all he has some kind of pride, so he uses his pride as a basis to fight with people. Or to uh, cause people to fight because he has some kind of wealth. Mm -hmm. So we have to be able to control ourselves in the direction of our Lord Jesus Christ, behaving like the Lord Jesus Christ, who was rich. But at the end of the day, so he can himself be false. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what we have uh, covered so far is fighting has different contexts. And for children of God, one context is totally off limits. Uh, but then there's another context, and this is where our focus will be uh, moving forward. What is the good fight? What is the good fight? Now, nobody had much to say about the bad fighting. Now we can talk about this one because it's the fight we all doing. What's the good fight? Getting a whole lot of murmuring, so, brother Ross. Developing your character, okay? You got us moving. What's the good fight, uh, brother Carl? Yeah, when you got some script for your lip, you can't argue with that. Uh, Brother Sean? Uh, I would say good fight. 
Okay. Uh, Brother Steve? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a pretty safe bet. If, if you're doing something and the devil's motivating factor behind it, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's a pretty safe bet. That does. Uh-oh, got three hands on this side. Ooh, okay. Uh, Sister Cook? The good fight. So this is one fight to the exclusion of all others, Brother Carey. That's another hand I think I saw. There in the passage you started with in 2 Timothy 4, where it says, I have already poured out of the drink offering. And Paul says to the Philippians, he says, You know, even if if you fall away, even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering, he's fighting for the Philippians there in that passage and, and throughout all of his ministry. He's fighting for these people and their salvation. Yeah, so now Paul says, I have fought the good fight. The, English grammar, is a definite article. Denotes something specific as opposed to a, which is indefinite, which could mean, you know, bring me a pen. I don't care which pen you bring me, just bring me one. Now, when I change that to the, I have a particular one in mind. Paul says, the good fight. 1 Timothy 6.12 Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which, you ha- to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The good fight of, and if we were actually reading in the original language, the definite article is there and, and could read this, fight the good fight of the faith. Yeah. So when Paul says the good fight, when we talk about the faith, that's the body of teaching revolving around Christ Jesus. Now, that embraces a great many things, but this is what he's talking about. Fight the good fight of the faith. If I don't spend my time doing anything else here on earth, I ought to be working to be the best Christian I can. Brother Zane?
Good fight of the faith. That's right. Yeah. So when we talk about fighting the good fight, and I appreciate Brother Bob and Brother Quasi's uh, comments, we need to keep separate the kind of fighting that he's talking about. Because usually when we hear fight, you know, if you say fight, the first thing I think of is the thrill in Manila. You know, that was a fight. Now, now man, if you haven't seen the thrill in Manila, you, you have not seen a boxing match until you see that one. That was a fight. Now, now, when you say fight, that's what I think of. People exchanging punches and, you know, getting knocked down and all of that. Paul is not talking about exchanging, at least not in the literal, physical sense of the term. Paul is talking about being a good soldier of Jesus Christ. When he says fight the good fight, he, really what he's telling Timothy is be a good soldier for Jesus. That's really what he's telling him. And we all need to be told that. Be a good soldier. How many military folk in here? Now, I couldn't raise my hand on that because I understood some things about the military and never signed on. <laughs> a good soldier, and for that matter, a bad one probably too, because I suspect you're going to get up one way or the other, whether you get up on your own or whether they have to yeah, get you up, and I'm sure they wouldn't just come shake your shoulder. But he's going to get up early every morning. And guess what he's not going to do? He's not going to complain, man, we get up 4 o'clock every morning. Yeah, that's what soldiers do. He's not going to get out in the trench. and They shooting bullets. What do you think they're going to be doing? Throwing tomatoes? <laughs> that's what war is. They shoot bullets. One of the things that a soldier, and in fact, Paul said this to Timothy, you know, endure hardness as a good soldier. A soldier appreciates there are some hardships that come with being a soldier. Yeah, that's why it's called being a soldier. Yeah, we ought to be good soldiers for Jesus. Well, guess what? There are some things that come with being a soldier for Christ Jesus. What did Jesus tell us? In the world, you're going to have tribulation. Now, you know what's funny about that? Even if you're not in the church, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. The world will beat up on its own anytime they get ready. Now, sometimes they'll unite under common cause and fight us, but the world had no problem fighting itself. Yeah, and if you think... You quit the church and you won't have any troubles? Wrong. When you quit the church, guess what happens? Now, not only do you have troubles, but you don't have Jesus to fight for you. So you know what? If I'm going to have troubles, well, at least I want the Lord to do my fighting. Yeah, I won't have to go this road alone. What did Paul say? I can do all things through Christ. And what happens if you take Christ out of the equation? I can't do anything. Uh, Brother Quasi. But yeah, you're not wise if you go into a fight and think you're going to lose. Yes, 
Yeah, Brother Quiz just made the tie to our theme for me. And the theme is what? Be strong and courageous. And strong carries the idea of what? Stand firm. Yeah, that's right. So that's what you got to do. When you fight, you got to stand firm. You ever been hit? Now, then you don't have to go back and, you know, recount what you used to do before you get. Let me tell you, if you get hit right, it'll shake you. And if you get hit really right, it'll lay you low. Yeah, that, that, that's what you do. You come back. Uh, but when, when the devil hits you, what you got to be able to do? Stand firm. Yeah, that's right. Any Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do? Yeah, because I say a death threat, that's a pretty good blow. They stood firm. Brother Calvin? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So when you talk about fighting, there's going to be some opposition and some engagement with, with eternal consequences uh, hanging in the balance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let me do this. Let me set the stage for next week because we are going to run out of time. How does one fight the good fight? Uh, now, I was going to throw this out to the floor, but to set the stage for next week, I'm going to go ahead and pop uh, the answers up here. Uh, you teach it, the faith. You teach the faith. You protect the faith. You perpetuate the faith. And you live the faith. That's how you fight the good fight. Yeah, you don't have to go out and get in a Bible argument with somebody. You know, that, that, that teaching was founded by... No, that, I mean, and you may cover that, but do not mistake Paul to say you go out and get in Bible fights with everybody. You know, you can prove that, you know, that the book is right. Well, yeah, the book is right. But that's not what he's calling us to do, go out and get in Bible fights. He's calling us to be good soldiers uh, of Christ Jesus. Uh, any questions up to that point? Now, I shouldn't say that. Any questions relative, relevant to what we've talked about to this point? Because any question means you just field anything, and I'm not going to field anything. Any, anything relevant to what we just talked about? If not, I'm going to consider that we were all on the same page. Uh, I had a professor once said, and I'm going to consider that you understood everything that was said, and there's no disagreement. And the brother, God did like this. All right, well, let's have a word of prayer, and we'll get ready for, uh, well, short fellowship time and then the devotional. Let us pray. Our Father and our God in heaven, again we come. And Father, may we be ever grateful to call you our Father. And Father, we are grateful for the time that we've had to share here this evening, asking, O oh God, that you would open our hearts and minds to your word and your will, that you would bless us, Father, to be good soldiers and to fight the good fight of faith, that you would uh, enable us, Father, and empower us to stand for the gospel of Christ Jesus, to stand as uh, your children and to be difference makers in this world in which we live. We ask, O oh God, that you would bless us, that our hearts and minds uh, would be submitted to you, that we might be willing to be used of you as you see fit in your kingdom. And Father, may all these things work to the lifting up of your name and the building up of your kingdom. And again, above all, we thank you for Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, in whose name we do pray. Amen.